Hello, welcome to this week's Pooley Podcast, View from the Vic, our Hartlepool United Hartlepool Mail podcast, uh, with me, Richard Minear, and our Pools writer, Dom Scare. Uh, obviously, a huge week end for the club coming up as Pools get ready for the National League playoff final against Torquay United at Bristol City's Ashton Gate Stadium at uh, 2 o'clock on Sunday. Pools will be backed by uh, just over 3,000 fans down in Bristol. Uh, fans going every which way to get to the club. Uh, Neil Wilson in the scenes this week with fans queuing overnight for the, the last of the general sale tickets. So momentum and excitement is certainly building in town ahead of that. Um, so plenty to discuss over the next half hour or so in our latest Pooley podcast. Um, joined today by a couple of special guests. We've got Lee Crow and Steve Arundale. Uh, welcome to you both. Steve's been on once before. We thought we'd welcome him back for the playoff final special. Um, and obviously, Dom, who you're all uh, fully fully aware of, having followed his... Uh, Coverage throughout the season, home and away for the Hartlepool Mail, um, and uh, it all ends at Bristol City on Sunday, so plenty to look forward to. Um, I just wanted to start actually today, just before we head into the um, look ahead to the weekend and, and all those things, just with a just with a word for uh, Danny Sherman, big Pools fan, who obviously sadly passed away a little earlier this week. Um, huge Pools fan, travelled home and away, um, big big character at Hartlepool Cricket Club as well. A lot of you I know will. We'll know him or know of him. Um, played cricket for many years up at Hartlepool Cricket Club. Uh, he sadly passed away after collapsing at home early this week at the, at the age of just 43. Um, flood, tributes have been flooding in ever since for Danny. Um, and as I say, he would have been at the final on Sunday as well. So, uh, Pools fans are going to pay tribute to him in the 43rd minute with a round of applause, which I'm sure the Torquay fans will join in with as well. So, that'll uh, be quite an emotional moment just before half time. Um, and uh, obviously the guys at the northwest corner have kind of put that forward as a suggestion. Very fitting tribute, I think, to Danny. So our thoughts and uh, condolences with Danny's family and friends and everyone at Hartlepool Critic Club. Uh, where, as I say, I know he was a huge, huge character. So sad news ahead of the final, but, um, but yeah, our thoughts with, with the family. Um, and I'm sure everyone on the podcast would, would certainly agree with those, uh, that sentiment. Um, looking ahead then to the game. Uh, we're recording this on Friday morning. Dave Chandler is due to give his press conference at one o'clock at the Vic, um, so we'll get the latest team and injury news there. But um, but Dom, how do you how do you see how the week's gone? Just reflect a little bit on the win at Stockport and what a brilliant performance that was, and uh, what are your thoughts heading into the weekend? Yeah, that Stockport win it was it was quite surreal, really, because the atmosphere around Stockport, the town, it was initially quite good. It, there was a bit of a buzz around the place at Edgeley Park. But I think Pools did really well to sort of take the fans out of the game and cancel them out, subdue the atmosphere slightly with the way they played. After that early Paddy Madden chance for Stockport, Pools pretty much limited uh, the home side to, to very little, particularly in in the first half. And that just sort of took the crowd out of it. And I think Mark Shelton said it um, when he was interviewed by BBC Tees, it felt like Pools, it was their changing room against the whole of Stockport. And that sort of uh, mentality sort of drove Pools on. And I feel like the longer the game remained nil-nil, um, the more confident I was that Pools could go on and, and get through. It was a very tight game, but all it needed was that sort of moment of magic. And, OK, it was a slight mistake from Stockport to give the ball away, but Research still had a lot to do when he received that pass from Mark Shelton, turned... And a great finish with his left foot into the bottom corner. And he's just unstoppable at the moment. And I was speaking to the lads before. I mean, I wasn't really nervous at the game, which was weird, until Riso scored that goal. And then there were all of a sudden, 14 minutes left. And I was like, 
they might do it here. So um, it was a weird one when he scored. The celebrations were quite odd because you, you're physically hearing the cheers of the players on the pitch while the entire crowd, two and a half, 2,700 it was, uh, was just sort of dull groan. And then I've got Bob from BBC Tees, Alex from the club, just screaming in the commentary over my shoulder. So I'm surprised they left the stadium alive, to be fair. But um, you had that one scary moment late on. Richie Bennett um, sort of written in the stars, you thought, with that late header. But fair play to Brad James. He does brilliantly to save it. And um, Pools get the win. And then all of a sudden, it's a bit of a, a party atmosphere after the game. And then this week, we felt that momentum building, the sort of feel-good factor around the town, not just the club, has, has certainly returned. And you're seeing people queue overnight for, for tickets and stuff like that, which is just great to see because it's been so long since we've been able to experience this sort of thing um, with pools. And and hopefully, uh, there's still one massive game to go. The hope and optimism is there. Hopefully, they can turn that into some genuine success and get promoted on Sunday. What's your? I've got you first, Ali. What's your thoughts ahead of the ahead of the weekend and um, some sort of brief reflections on the on the Stockport game? Are you to how um, how Pools approached the playoffs so far? Yeah, I think in terms of the Stockport game, I think it was two very good teams. I think that was the hardest game we've faced for, for quite a while. Um, I think we did well to come out of it with the win, and I think that we can take that sort of positive feeling on towards Sunday's game. Um, it is two good teams again. Um, probably two teams who both deserve to be where we are. It's a shame it's only two teams that do go up um, because I think that whoever wins it, it will be a fitting winner and a deserved winner at the end of the season. And Steve, um, yeah, what, what, what's your thoughts over the weekend? Then you, you, you confident? Hopeful? Nervous? Uh, hopeful. Always hopeful. I wouldn't be a Hartlepool fan if I wasn't always hopeful. Um, so I think the... Uh, the Stockport game, as, as the guy said, I think it's just really professional performance. Um, going into it, and you, you see um, there um, were a few nerves from um, from Odessina and, and James in the in the previous game against Bromley, but I think they came through brilliantly in uh, in Stockport. I think they were they were, they were immense. Um, you see the the crowd started to get on James's back when as soon as he was touching the ball earlier on, trying to um, increase his nerves, but the, he was he just looked so mature, confident, self-assured. It, it's uh, um, and the, the Stockport crowd just eventually gave up trying to trying to bait him. Um, and it just showed the the entire performance of just dull in the crowd. Um, and then then right at the end, um, the the Richie uh, Richie Bennett header that uh, was a great uh, back pass um, to, to to get rid of the danger um, to to Brad James. Um, head of the weekend, um, yeah, you, you just don't know which Torquay side are going to um, turn up. I mean, when, when we played the maths uh, at Torquay, uh, we looked very assured again and dealt with it really well. Um, but you always remember the the game at, at the Vic uh, against Torquay where they, um, they looked excellent um, and, and really blew us away. So um, I think there'll be a lot of uh, reviewing of that video, um, making sure that they, they know where the danger is coming from, where we've got things in place to be able to deal with that danger. Um, and, uh, and knowing um, Dave Charner, he'll have a, a very solid game plan in place um, to be able to deal with the threat and uh, he'll have found ways to exploit uh, their, their weaknesses. So it's just on the day um, whether we're able to, to execute that plan. 
Dom, Dom obviously touched on it, but um, since then, the kind of uh, obviously excitement and momentum has been building across the town. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, season ticket holders had their chance to get their, their tickets, and then they went on general sale Wednesday, and we saw the first pictures overnight. So, Tuesday, fans queuing outside the Vic, and I think by the morning, there was at least a few hundred in the, in the queue, wasn't there? Um, Lee, what did you make of those scenes? Could see the um, I don't know, I mean, fans have got the club back, haven't they? I suppose the last 18 months or so after the fairly desperate times at the club in recent seasons and um, just a real feel-good factor around them. It's great to see. Uh, yeah, I think, obviously, with the, the limited number of tickets that are available, there was always going to be a lot of demand. Um, I've been impressed to see, obviously, the people in the ticket office. I think they've dealt with it really well. I'm not sure it was um, the easiest to deal with. I know they've been putting in a lot of hours and um, probably a lot of hours above and beyond what they would normally be doing, even for this type of game. Um, but yeah, to get the fans back in the stadium, hopefully that will give give the players a big boost. It did seem that way um, in the last home game of the season and the playoff game against Bromley. Um, and I think, you know, this town needs this football club. And I think that the people coming out and showing on Tuesday night and on Monday and Tuesday for the season ticket holders as well, I think the people have kind of shown that we do need this football club and we, we do need a football league club. There'll be 3,100 fans from the Coles end there on, on Sunday, Dom. Um, it's going to sound like 10,000, isn't it? I think after the last 18 months or 15 months or 12 months, whatever it's been since Coles fans have not really been allowed in to watch games aside from the last couple of the Vic, of course. But it's going to be some atmosphere come kick off. Yeah, definitely. There's been all that sort of pent up emotion over the last 18 months, which we've seen the two games we've played at the Vic. I mean, 1,700 fans, it has felt certainly. Um, the, the Weymouth game and then that great start at the start um, in the Bromley game as well. The, the atmosphere was great. And then, so to have over 3,000 fans, okay, it's going to be in a significantly larger stadium, um, Ashton Gate, but everyone's going to be right at it. And, and you'd expect a, a great atmosphere because it's not only has it been the past 18 months with very little football seen at stadiums, but it's been the past what, 14 years since a promotion, 16 years since a playoff final. This is, these are the moments you live for. That's why we've seen such demand for, for the tickets and that people queuing overnight. This is how much it means. So all that emotion, all that passion is, is, is certainly going to be released, if you like, um, on, on Sunday. And uh, in terms of kind of star men, star men, danger men ahead of the weekend, um, it would be great, wouldn't it, to see Riso continue his superb form into the final and, and be the star man again. I mean, how impressed have you you've been, Steve? I'll come to you first of all with with Reese, but also a few of the other players. Any anyone you'd like to highlight from this season in particular? Yeah, I think uh, the the run of form that uh, that Otto's got at the moment is is amazing. Um, he's the, the amount of confidence he's got at the moment. Um, just running at defenders and it, it causes absolute panic. Um, they, they just don't know how to deal with it. And uh, the good thing is, it, it's not just him. Um, we, we've got um, danger from from Hollahan. We've got danger from from Armstrong. Um, so if if the the team we're playing against concentrate on trying to stop Oates, then it, it takes the attention away from other players who are, are, are just as as effective as being able to to, to score goals. Um, so it really does stretch um, the opposition um, a lot, though, the way that uh, the Oates plays. Um, and he's, he's come through amazingly. And I, I was one of the ones who was sceptical when he came back. I remember from his, his previous um, 
um, time at the club uh, where he he was he wasn't quite as um, as strong as he is now, um, and he didn't have the, the direct run, and he was now he could still take people on. He had a lot of skill, um, but it, it the end product just just wasn't there. He'd often run off into into the corner, and, and then the, um, the the attack would be lost. But he's he's really added um, the more direct run and the more uh, goal threat to his game. Um, and he, he looks a, um, a whole different prospect. Um, in terms of other players, I, I think the one thing that the, the one bit that, that gets overlooked is is Jamie Sterry. Um, I think the way he has has come in and uh, the way he plays on the right hand side uh, has really made that five three two formation work. Um, especially his interaction with with Cass when he plays going forward on the on the right. Just pulls the the opposition over, and then you've, you've got um, Ferguson and uh, and Johnson who can do the same on the left hand side. It, it just stretches them so much, and the, there's so many different threats uh, from the the team. The the opposition have constantly got to be on the on on the guard because they just don't know where it's going to come from next. And I think that is one of the key things in the in the way that uh, the pool set up and the way this this formation has really um, seen a lot of good results come from. Goalkeeper situation is interesting one, isn't it, Lee? Um, a lot of talk around sort of um, James and things, but he, he did well, didn't he, against Stockport? You'd expect to see him, I guess, start again Sunday, even though you've got Killer back on the bench. Although, uh, reading Chandler's comments, that sounded like that was more for the penalty shootout, given Killip's, um now saving penalties more so than the others, I think. But, um, what, yeah, what do you think of James? And do you think he'll, he'll surely start Sunday, won't you? Uh, yeah, I think he's grown in confidence a lot. Um, he does look like a good prospect. Obviously, he's only a young lad, but you know he's fighting for this team the same as the other players are. Um, a lot of whom are on loan, I suppose, as well. So it, it is a rarity to see them fighting for the, for their teammates um, sometimes. But you know, Killip's our first choice goalkeeper. If he was fit, I'm sure he would be starting, wouldn't he? But yeah, I'm sure James can do a, a solid job at the back and, and do his proud on Sunday. And um, just. Well, on Chandler as well, really the incredible job he's done. Obviously, there's a fair bit of interest uh, or reported interest from a few clubs in Tranmere things over recent weeks. And um, Dom, he's, um, he's always been in the playoffs, I think, hasn't he, as a manager. So his stock will continue to rise. Um, can you just sort of sum up, Dom, what, what you think of the, the job Chandler's done this season and where the kind of progress pools have made? Yeah, I think I've probably said everything there is, is to say about the job he's done at pools, which has, has been brilliant, I think. His first full, it's his first full season here and he's, he's basically took hold of a club who haven't had anything close to success in, in well over a decade and just turned things around quite quickly, really. Because I think even if you go back towards the back end of last season, had that been completed, you certainly wouldn't rule out pools sneaking in the playoffs. But obviously that was cut short. Dave Chandler's first full season here, he's managed to get together a team who he's been able to improve throughout the season. So Raj Singh, don't get me wrong, he, he, like, he deserves credit for that too, um, for constantly backing with the signings of Luke Armstrong, Jamie Sterry throughout the season, which uh, Steve mentioned Jamie Sterry before. I think his arrival is, has been a sort of catalyst for um, Pools' turnaround in form. And even when he first came in at the club, his first press conference, he was so clear and confident with what he wanted to do. He said, we'll play on the front foot. We'll get that connection back with the fans. That's one of the most important things. Get the fans behind the club. Bring the town together. 
and uh, we'll make the playoffs and hopefully get into the Football League. And so far, it's fair to say he's delivered on three of those already and hopefully on Sunday, he makes it four. And um, like you say, it's a bit of uncertainty over his future, links to Tranmere, Morecambe previously, but now Wrexham is a, is a big one. So we'll just have to make sure um, his, his future is secure, getting tied down in a position where if they do lose him, then at least there's a bit of financial security there. So I believe um, getting a new deal sorted with Dave Channel will be very high on Raj Singh's priority list because he is probably Pools' biggest asset. Would you, would you agree with that, Steve? Do you expect or hope? Is it, I know you're hopeful. You'll certainly hope he will be, but do you think he'll be there in the Pools next season if they win or lose on Sunday? Uh, I, I definitely think so. I think um, he'd, he'd be looking to finish the job. Um, if if we don't go up, um, then uh, he's he's built a team. He's built a um, a, a structure around him. He's built a, a mentality um, at the club. Um, and to have a, a full season, I know he's he's really just had a full season. But um, we only really got everything moving with the the, the full squad probably about ten games in. Um, to have a full season to to crack at it, I think there'd be a um, one of the favourites for the for the title if we don't win on uh, on Sunday, um, so I, I think he would be looking to um, to finish that job. A bit of unfinished business there. If we if we did manage to win on, on Saturday, then it would give him his first crack at um, at league football with a, a side that's that's on a high. Um, so it would I think it would take a lot um, to to pull Challoner away um, from pulls. The one thing the one place I, w- I was worried about would be. Um, Tranmere, given um, that's uh, his background with the club and um, it, it's really in his blood, um, and obviously close to home for him, and that all seemed to tick all boxes. And and once they um, they went elsewhere, then uh, I was fairly confident that um, anybody else would would need to um, to come up with a, a fairly lucrative offer um, or, or some significant benefit of, of being there. And uh, at the moment, despite uh, Wrexham's um, backing. Uh, I, I, I still don't think that, that that would be enough to pull him away uh, from from the club. And, and Lee, um, just in terms of the game itself, Sunday and the, the three thousand pools fans that, that are going to be there. Um, pools obviously been four years now in the in the National League. What what does it mean for Pools to get back in the football league and the fans? I mean, it's going to be uh, it's going to be some party if they, if they can do it, isn't it? Oh yeah, I think even the build up. I think we can have. You know, a good party. Um, I think I was only 14 when we went to uh, to Cardiff, so it's a, a different experience for me this time. But, you know, we, we go and we enjoy it. Um, and we're hopeful, like Steve said. And, you know, we, we've got something something to gain out of it, something huge to gain out of it. And the fans just, you just got to throw yourself behind the lads, haven't you? And, and you know, hope that we, we can come out with the positive results. But if we don't, we, we go again next season, don't we? Dom, with uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Dom, they've played so many games, obviously, without any fans this season. Um, goals, but they've played three now with, with obviously fans inside the ground, two at the Vic and one at Stockport. Um, there was, I think 2,700 Stockport fans there on Sunday, but um, probably weren't as loud or uh, in your face. I thought they might be actually. Um, how much of an advantage is that going to be on, on Sunday for Pools having, having the back of the 3,000 plus Pools fans? Yeah, I think that was a, a big, um, sort of motivator at Stockport if you like it you didn't want your season to end with Stockport fans celebrating around you and no pools fans you want your season to end 
in the playoff final, hopefully with a promotion and 3,100 poolies cheering you on and, and sharing that moment with you. So that's that's massive. Um, a lot of players in that pool squad will not have experienced anything like this before until until May. Most of them hadn't played in front of a crowd at the Vic before. So And a lot of them, the likes of Lewis Cass, used to playing sort of... Um, academy football, under-23s football, uh, even Ryan Johnson, players like that, Luke Armstrong even to a degree. Um, these are players who, it's the first taste of playoff final action, they're going to really sort of look to seize that moment and, and take that opportunity and playing in front of fans is, is just a massive um, part of that, I think, for for all of them and then for the fans as well, being at Ashton Gate, ending the season hopefully on a high, but Either way, ending the season with a playoff final is is a fitting way because it's been one hell of a season um, for good and bad. But um, to end it, a full calendar year it's been um, in terms of pools returned to training last June. Um, it will be special. And either way, I think Dave Chandler and his players uh, deserve a lot of credit, as do the 3,100 Pooley fans because Ashton Gates, it's no easy trip uh, to say the least and it's interesting isn't it you know if the win or lose on, on Sunday in terms of the turnaround for next season is, is very very quick um, EFL League I think sorry League 2 would start I think August 7th or something like that um, and yeah. Pools players would have a couple of weeks off and then be back in training obviously there's a lot of lone players and stuff so the squad would look very different at the start of next season anyway so some other players would have had a bit more rest but um but it is a very quick turnaround, isn't it? And that, you know, if they won promotion on Sunday, which we all hope they do, um, doesn't give you the best preparation heading back into the Football League, does it have such a quick turnaround, having to rebuild your squad? You know, the structure of the club needs a lot of work as well. I think we all agree with that. There's still a lot of key roles that would need to be um, put in place as well. Um, it's going to be a really fascinating summer, isn't it? This is all all on the proviso that they do win Sunday. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's, it's been a... I think pools have got away with it to a degree this season because um, the end of last season, the whole pandemic and stuff like that, they had to have a skeleton staff and it's been a bit ad hoc, if you like, behind the scenes. So if you want to become a football league club, need a uh, football league infrastructure in the background, will certainly help that. And particularly if um, with the season being extended, into, well, the 20th of June it'll end, but a lot of pools players out of contract in the summer. If you, then you're looking at playing your first League Two game at the start of August. You want a pre-season in there as well. The players will get probably two weeks off um, holiday because they've been in for a full year, which is at least the deserve. So you're looking at almost a, a four or five week turnaround to get players either tied down, a new squad of players in, um, or quite a few new players in, as well as prepare that sort of infrastructure behind the scenes to be ready for the football league. So it's going to be manic, but um, like we've seen through the week, it's been manic at pools all week. And um, we've seen generally the club have been able to handle it quite well, certainly in regard to the staff at the ticket office anyway. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting, but you'd rather it be interesting and be in the football league than be interesting and still in the national league. Yes, I think we're all there fairly desperately at the National League, aren't we, for a variety of reasons. But um, but we shall see. Fingers crossed for Sunday. Um, just wanted to touch briefly as well, just on the news last night, that the um, 
Council and the club are working together to explore ways of ensuring the club's uh, long-term future, including reviewing opportunities to create a new multi-purpose stadium and regenerate the town's mill house area. Um, so there's a bit of a press call on that this morning, sort of a few more details. Um, I remember working on stories back when I worked in news six, seven years ago around the Millhouse master plan. So um, this, um, these kind of projects and plans have been been around for a while. So we'll uh, fingers crossed that um, they can can come off in some form. That would be a further boost for the club. Um, but yeah, positive news anyway that there's a, at least a will to, to still do those kind of uh, elements of regeneration work in and around the, the stadium and the uh, the area itself. So um, keep your eyes on Hartlepool Mail website for the latest on that. Um, and also please, if you uh, like what we do, like what Dom does here at the Mail, then please do consider taking out a subscription to the Mail as well. We have sport-only subscription packages. Um, I think you can get 25% off uh, at the minute before Sunday. Um, all the details for that are on the Hartlepool Mail website. Um, just sort of finally then, before we kind of wrap up, um, looking ahead to Sunday's game um, in, in Torquay, we've not really spoken a huge amount about Torquay, the dominant, so we'll, we'll touch on them. Um, who are their kind of danger players? And I'll push you all for a prediction as well, I think, ahead of Sunday. I'm going to go for a 2-1 Pools win. Intense, fraught afternoon, but I think Pools will do it, and I think Oates will get one. Um, and I think Hollahan might get the winner. That's my bold prediction. But uh, yeah, just a word on Torquay, first of all, Dom, in terms of their, their threat, because Stockport was going to be the toughest game, wasn't it, in terms of the away game? So, Pools have got to be careful not to fall in that trap of thinking they've already done a fair bit of the hard work. Yeah, I think Torquay, it goes without saying, um, you just need to look at the two two fixtures they've played against Pools this season. Danny Wright, um, up front for them, is, is a difference maker. Not only with the goal threat he poses, he's just such a big presence, and Pools just completely failed to deal with him. At the Vic back in October, and he was obviously injured for the, for the game of playing more back in March, which Pools were able to win. So that's another element you, you need to consider. And then you've got um, Lemon Hay Evans, Asa Hall in the midfield, who are strong, just similar to Pools in a way, the work rate and the goal threat that they bring from midfield is also um, really important. And, and the threat from set pieces as well, in terms of uh, the delivery and um, aerially with, with Hall as well. And the likes it likes it right. So it's a different team to the the team that played in, in March. I'd say um, they were out of form in March and pretty much had a fairly solid end to the season. Uh, got a very good manager as well, and Gary Johnson knows the league well, um, who's experienced promotions before. So Torquay, I think if you ask me back in January before they went on that dip of form. I think most people would have expected Torquay to be promoted as, as champions at this point, but it was just that dip of the hard when Danny, Danny Wright was out injured and it's ultimately cost them an automatic place. And it's going to be tough for Pools, but um, I said on the podcast last week, I said I felt whoever won the Stockport game would probably go on to win the whole thing. So I might have backed myself into a corner in terms of my prediction, but I'll, I'll stick with my guns and, and say a narrow pools win. But I think, like the Stockport game, it's certainly not going to be easy and it'll be all about that that first goal, probably. I think making sure Torquay don't score it like they did at Playmore. Luke Monu scored that early goal and it gave something, pulled something to hang on to, whereas the opposite happened where Torquay scored twice early on at the Vic early on in the season and it, it sort of snowballed from there. So, um, yeah, it's fair to say Pools are quite 
a quite different team to the one that lost 5-0, likes of Luke Armstrong, Jamie Sterry, even Gary Little back, results firing. So both teams are, are different. And um, you just hope those players in particular can make the difference like they did um, back, out, back in March at Plymouth. Good stuff. Um, Steve, Lee, just um, briefly, what, uh, what will your predictions be for the weekend? Um, so I was I was on the betting websites uh, the other day, just t- taking a look and see what uh, what odds are. They've they've got uh, Featherstone at twenty to one to score the first goal, which uh, given they've got uh, David Parkhouse at six to one, uh, shows how <laughs> how informed they are. Um, so yeah, I've, I've taken um, Featherstone to score first and two uh, one to to pools. Um, so I'll, I'll I'll stick with that. Good stuff. And uh, Lee, final word from you. Uh, yeah, I think as we've all said, two good teams, two good managers, two teams who score goals. So probably a, a boring nil-nil after I've said that. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with you guys and a narrow pulls win would do it. And I think that's how, how it could go. Good stuff. Thank you very much. If we could avoid penalties, that'd be brilliant pulls. If we can just do it in 90, nice, comfortable 2-3-0 win, that would be, be superb. We'd all enjoy our weekend in Bristol, but uh, I think all pulls fans know that it's never going to be that easy. So... Um, but yeah, thank you, Steve, for your time. Thank you, Lee, for your time. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Dom, as ever. Um, as I say, please do head to the mail website um, over the next three, four days for all of our uh, coverage from the game. Uh, I'll be down there myself, um, dusting off the old pools pen. So I'll be down there with Dom uh, and Frank Reed to help uh, with our coverage. Um, so we're all looking forward to that. And uh, keep on the, uh, the mail uh, newspaper as well, obviously, over the next few days. That would be great. Um, thank you all for your time. We'll be back next week, uh, win or lose, but hopefully with pools back in the Football League. And uh, thanks for listening to this week's Pooley Podcast. View from the Vic is to a pool win. Mm-hmm.